rumors of COVID-19 community spread have been doing rounds in Kerala for quite some time. The state government, however, has denied this many times. Kerala Chief Minister Pinarayi Vijayan himself stated that no community spread has happened in Kerala so far. Welcome to another episode of On Manorama Podcast, Let's Talk. This is T.A. Amiruddin. Today, Kerala's renowned pathologist and health activist, Dr. K.P. Aravindan, joins me from Kodikod to tell us about the community spread of COVID-19. Apart from this, he will tell us the precautions to be taken after the lockdown period. Dr. Aravindan retired as the head of pathology department from the Government Medical College in Kodikod. He was the former president of Kerala's People's Science Movement, Kerala Shastra Sahitya Parishad. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Aravindan. Uh, thank you, Amir. So, uh, Dr. Uh, community spread seems to be the most discussed uh, topic in Kerala these days. Many reports suggest that community spread has already happened in Kerala, but the government denied this many times. So, my question is, should we be so afraid of a community spread of COVID-19? Um, actually, I think uh, we are approaching it in the wrong way. Because the question to ask is not whether community spread is there or not. It is not a simple binary uh, thing, you know, to say. And uh, many people actually insisting that there is community spread and a lot of people saying that there is no community spread. And, uh, and it's not a binary thing to be uh, uh, considered like that. Actually, what we should be looking at is, uh, is there any evidence of early community spread? And if so, how much and where? See, this is a question come with so many thousands of people actually coming into the state from areas with COVID positivity. It is inevitable that there will be some degree of leakages into the community. But that is, that is a given, actually. Um, it is uh, very definitely going to happen. But that is not, you wouldn't say that it is very significant community spread. So, what we are interested in is uh, the fact whether this uh, uh, community level of transmission of the disease is significant enough to make changes in our current policy. So, this is what we should be asking for. Okay. And uh, um, how are we going to look uh, uh, for this is the main thing that everybody should be uh, concerned with. And I think basically, uh, uh, the proper way to really look for it is by looking at the surveillance. By surveillance measures to detect any early cases of community transmission and to take action immediately. So there are two types of surveillance. One is identifying uh, uh, the, the people who are um, uh, by, by looking for uh, uh, COVID uh, uh, prevalence among high-risk uh, people. So when I say high-risk, I mean uh, the health workers, obviously. Then uh, people like policemen or other community volunteers or uh, um, uh, others in the community like ration shop owners and so on, who are constantly in touch with potentially uh, COVID-positive people. So you take a random sample from among these people, and keep on looking 
whether what is the rate of positivity. If this rate of positivity is, uh, when you say that it is higher than a particular fixed point, you, it is a cause for concern. So very similarly, another very important thing is to look for what is called flu-like illness. Flu-like illness, uh, uh, which can occur in uh, any hospital from primary health centers upwards to any hospital. So you take random samples geographically spread all over the state and keep on looking for people with flu-like illness and test them. Uh, and to see how when, again, how much percentage is positive for COVID. So when you find that a significant percentage is positive in these populations, then you come to the conclusion that particularly in those, let's say one area, there is a flu-like illness, uh, cases are more positive. Then you immediately take action to contain the hotspots, let's say, and uh, contain the disease within that particular area. So this is how you go about doing it, and the key to doing this is surveillance. So I would say that instead of arguing whether there's some spread or not, we should try to strengthen the surveillance system and uh, constantly be on guard and constantly be uh, on the lookout for this. This is how we can contain it early enough so that our lead, Kerala's lead so far in COVID uh, containment and management be kept. Uh, uh, and Doctor, uh, what is the status of community spread in Kerala at the moment? Uh, I mean, has it already happened or will it happen given the existing scenario? Um, again, um, as I explained earlier, instead of just saying yes or no, uh, I would say that as of now, as of now, it is not to a level that should be worrying us. I would say that occasional spray cases or spray clusters uh, here and there may be there. But the level of spread that should cause us worry or to cause us change in policy. See, uh, when there is widespread uh, community spread, you have to make policy changes, like hospital uh, triage, you know, with the patients who come to the hospital, uh, and many such uh, areas for management within the hospital, uh, uh, strengthening the, the, the precautions that uh, health workers have to take, and so many others, you have to make changes. So. Uh, it is definitely not of that level as of now going by the current data. Uh, we, we have two kinds of data right now. One is the um, quarantined people. Among the quarantined people, uh, how many are primary cases and how many are uh, contact cases? I mean, those who get this infection from the contact. And this proportion, if you look at this proportion, you find that this proportion is still heavily uh, primary cases are predominating and very, very few cases of contacts are getting infected relatively. So if it goes up to, let us say, 33%, then you should start worrying. And if it goes above 50% of our uh, contacts, then you should know that this is very worrying and it should, this is a harbinger of, let us say, uh, community spread because from these people it can spread on into the community. Second is surveillance pattern. Even in surveillance data, we have uh, surveillance data from high-risk uh, groups. And even high-risk group surveillance, the number is relatively much lower. So, we feel that right now, it may not be at upper level to cause much concern. But we should keep on looking at this carefully, day by day, and decide day by day. Let's focus now on to the, uh, the life after lockdown. 
Kerala is expected to relax some more lockdown restrictions after June 8. So, uh, what are the precautions people should take after lockdown? Yeah, easing of uh, restrictions currently there in lockdown is inevitable. I mean, we have to get on with life, and we cannot uh, forever uh, have this lockdown situation because it will cause far more damage than COVID can ever do. So, inevitable. and we have to get prepared for it so how do we really approach this whole uh, easing down of lockdown and what we should do the single most important thing i would say is maintaining of social distancing when we say maintaining social distancing let me be very clear what exactly are the things that we should insist upon and what everybody should follow uh, the most important thing i would say is wearing masks wearing masks whenever you go out And this mask should be fully covering the face, and uh, not just uh, under the nose or just uh, uh, on the neck or uh, like that. And the mask should be kept whenever you are speaking to another person. Not only I see that uh, when you are speaking to someone, you just remove the mask and speak. No, it is actually what is the, the the function of a mask is basically not to protect you from COVID virus, but to protect others. from getting infection from you this means that whenever you speak or cough or sneeze or do anything then droplets containing the virus if you are infected will not go get out and get on to another person that is why keeping a mask even while speaking to another person is very important then it's very important to maintain the distance this one meter so called one meter distance while being face to face with anybody else anyone else so maintain that distance of at least a meter one meter is about 3 feet and leave the 3 feet uh, distance whenever you are face to face with anybody it's very important also another thing is avoiding close and poorly ventilated spaces if at all possible you have to climb to to stairs uh, uh, then if there is a lift try to climb the stair rather than use the lift then even close spaces which are poorly ventilated you know that's why i'm a bit concerned actually about the central government decision to open malls and uh, such places you know malls are many of the malls are uh, air conditioned closed spaces uh, where the ventilation may not be all that good every mall it may not be very good so such spaces again can be potential theaters of course actually but i, I don't think we are opening up the uh, theaters right now Then of course the washing and sanitizing the hands after going to a shop and uh, dealing with something, buying something, or going to an ATM. All those whenever so you realize that what are the things that are potentially uh, can be infected and you are catching that. So after that you come out, you uh, um, uh, wash your hands. It would also be an extremely good idea to bathe every day after coming out. So. all these things are part and parcel of what we call a social distancing so this is one social distancing and break the chain these are the two uh, catch phrases that we have been using throughout the covid epidemic these are much more important now after using the lockdown rather than when the lockdown was in place please remember that lockdown doesn't easing the lockdown does not mean that easing of social distancing social distancing and breaking the chain is far more important now than before then the second important 
thing is reverse quarantining your older and sick people people who have other comorbidities other illnesses like uh, 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 heart disease or uh, cancer or uh, uh, lung uh, diseases or severe uh, diabetes or such people and the very old uh, old people let's say about 65 years of age all these people can be reverse what we call it reverse quarantine which means that keep them away from potentially infected people so young people who are going out going to for shopping and other things and coming back they should always be and wear a mask when you go uh, uh, in front of this people so such kind of care that the patient needs inside the household is very important how vigorously we should follow these uh, precautions and what will happen if we don't do that we have to be absolutely rigorous in this absolutely rigorous and these are not things that a government can enforce like lockdown uh, measures you know uh, many of the things government can enforce the policeman can see whether they are doing something on their own but many of the other things cannot be enforced in such a way it has to be done by every individual so that's why it is extremely important that this message should reach every each and every individual uh it can be various by various means and by uh, people telling each other you know this is really important because it is a collective danger that we are in and this collective danger is that if there is even a single little bit of slip on our part then this disease can get into what is called an exponential phase luckily in kerala we have been able to avoid this exponential phase of the disease and we have been able to what is called flattening of the curve the the, the, the number of cases going steadily upwards is the exponential phase you know so you get a really plot a graph you get a straight line going upwards so kerala more than any other state in india any other major state in india has been able to flatten this uh, exponential phase of flattening the curve so if we really want to Uh, uh, maintain our uh, let us say our gains our initial gain uh, then we have to prevent this exponential spread and this can only be done by these measures that i mentioned uh, earlier dr kerala is passing through a crucial phase now we had uh, almost contained the disease but with the arrival of keralaites from abroad and other states from may 7th the number of cases have been on the rise So how we should uh, view this situation, or how we should tackle this situation? Just merely looking at the numbers can be very difficult. See, unlike um, the first phase of the illness where we had maximum uh, 10 to 25 cases, maybe reaching 30, and every day otherwise 10 to 15 cases. Now suddenly we find that every day there are 60 or 70, or today it is 80, 60 or something. So these numbers going up, you know, make uh, I mean, uh, can cause a, a lot of worry. But it is not really the uh, magnitude of these numbers that are important, but the proportion of these primary cases and how many are getting infected from these people coming with COVID from outside the states uh, or um, uh, out of the country. So among these people, let us say. what is the percentage of people uh, the contact of these people who are getting uh, infection that is the most important uh, thing that we have to look at and provided that can be 
maintained at a lower level, let us say below uh, 30% or 30%, then I think we will be able to flatten the curve and uh, this is what we should be aiming at. And uh, this will also show up the effectiveness of our quarantine. This depends upon the effectiveness of the quarantine, how well we have been able to maintain this uh, home quarantine. See, the initial phase of the, the whole uh, stage, we were very successful because our home quarantining system, particularly uh, uh, the, by the involvement of the local level health workers and the panchayats and the local level uh, neighborhood uh, uh, the, the war committees and so on. It was so effective that uh, we could prevent much spread from each uh, positive case. So, even in this case, even if the number goes up, provided we are able to have an effective quarantine measures like what we had earlier, then we will still be uh, Doctor, many places have reported re-emergence of COVID-19 after it was contained, including the Chinese city of Wuhan, where it originated. Should Kerala be prepared for another virus outbreak after the current phase is over? See, it's always possible, provided when will we really get rid of the COVID infection? When? About 60 to 70 percent of the people are infected so that the virus has no real place to get into it. So that can happen only by achieving what is called the herd immunity. This term is now familiar to a lot of people. But we can't, we can't, we can't simply let everyone get infected, you know, to reach the 60 70 percent because uh, it will cause too many uh, morbidities and deaths. So what we try to do is to contain the disease to much lower level. So naturally in the population there will be plenty of uninfected people. Which means that at any time the virus can come back. So it is always possible unless we have a vaccine before that. So we are hopefully looking for a vaccine uh, which probably by the end of the year people promise that a vaccine will be available. And then we can rest uh, easy. Uh, even without getting a 60% naturally infected, we can vaccinate and have this immunity in all the people. Uh, thank you, Dr. Aravindan, for giving us so many details about COVID-19. Thank you, uh, Ade. It was nice talking to you. Thank you so much. Uh, let's talk. We'll be back with another podcast soon. Thanks for listening.